Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, the summer is almost behind us, but another NFL season is just right around the corner. And oh, by the way, this week uh, is the one-year anniversary of Gun on One, the podcast. And if you go back to last year when I started, my first guest was this crazy individual who plays defensive end for the Eagles. So he had to be my guest for the one-year anniversary. He is the one and only Brandon Graham. Did you know that you are a part of D-Gun history? Oh man, I'm. It's, it's always gonna be history with us. Hold on, baby. Hey, baby, hold on. Give me a second. Look, see, we but started the podcast. You always, you always history. got an interruption when we talking, man. Go ahead. I'm you sorry. You always got them, man. When you got kids, you know how I go. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a part of Gun on One, the podcast history, man. I yep. would send, I would send you a gift, but I don't have anything. I can't, I can't afford to send you anything right now. It's all good. Put me on the back end. <laughs> all right, send it, right. send it left. <laughs> All right, I'll have, I'll have my people call your people. How's that? Uh-huh. All right. Yep. Hey, hey, look here. You're about to begin your 12th season as a Philadelphia Eagle. Do you know how rare that is for a defensive player to be with one year for one team for 12 years? Man, I'm I'm still so in awe about it because man, they took a chance on me, drafted me, and then things didn't go as, as well as I wanted to in the beginning, but uh hung in there. Uh, some things happened, and, man, um, they just kept taking chances on me, and I just kept improving and getting better. So I just credit just staying the course, uh, not focusing on what you can't control, all that you can do, uh, and, and just maximizing all that you can do and just letting the cars fall where they're going to lay. And so I think uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I, I don't take um, it for granted at all. I'm making sure I'm giving back to the younger guys and 
just making sure I'm doing my part. You have survived four head coaches now, man. How would you compare a training camp with Nick Sirianni with the other three coaches you played for? That would be Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, Doug Peterson, and even Pat Shermer, a fifth head coach. Pat Shermer was a head coach for one game when Chip Kelly lost his mind. How would you how would you compare playing for Nick Sirianni in a training camp compared to those other guys? Well, you know what? It was the it was if 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 I'm gonna go through training camp the way we did, I say I got about four more years for real because uh, Nick Nick definitely take care of the, the older guys. Uh, he take care of the team. Period. He's all about trying to make sure that you get to the game in the best shape you can, and on top of that, healthy. Um, I feel like um, you know that's a great start for what you know. What I'm saying this team uh, is trying to do, trying to build, trying to stay healthy mm-hmm. because over the years. Uh, as you know, health health that's been an issue for us, and I think uh, Nick is all about you know just trying to make sure that our bodies are are ready and prepared uh, for when it's time to go. But man, uh, I loved all my coaches. I learned from everyone. Um, I'm excited to see what it's like uh, going to battle with with Nick. So I can't really compare every little thing, but I know that uh, so far so good. Hey, um, when I talked to you a few days ago, you were just gushing about the prospects of what this team could do in 2021. As you know, there are a whole lot of doubters out there about this team having a winning season. All right, I'm going to give you the platform. Make me and all the doubters believers. Why? Well, you know what? I can't I can't just talk about it, man. I got to show you. And so this is the first week. And so um, I'm sure we're not favorite uh, to win, of course. Right, right. I've seen that. Atlanta's favorite. Uh, but at the end of the day, we got to go out there and do it. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm not even going to talk about it, man. I'm going to just let you keep on getting your bubble burst because I know you picked against us this week. I'm not telling you who I picked. I'm never oh, telling you anymore. You ain't got to tell me. I know already. Because if you knew, if it was us, you would have told me. <laughs> hey, look here. You have not missed a regular season game since 2017. Last two years, your team in particular decimated by injuries. We saw injuries pile up across the league the last couple of years. How have you been able to sidestep serious injuries? Uh, you know what? I feel like it's it's the luck of the draw. You know what I'm saying? But you, I try to do all the preventatives I can as far as massage. I get acupuncture twice a week, massage twice a week. Make sure that um, I'm making sure that I'm taking care of myself during the week as far as eating, trying to stay stay on my eating, uh, trying not to gain too much weight because uh, when you have all that weight on your bones and your knees and stuff like that, things things start to give out. And so uh, I think for me, uh, just making sure that I uh, police myself in areas I know I'm weak in. And so, you know, food is a big thing for me, but I make sure I try to put all the right stuff in my body. And, man, just going out there playing hard. Because uh, I feel like when guys get hurt, sometimes they're out there trying to save themselves and uh, injuries happen. And sometimes people are going hard and you just mm-hmm. get hurt uh, that way. Just it, It's just some crazy stuff that happened on that field. But uh, I'm hoping that we can survive that this year because I really do fel- believe that we got a good good team, man. We're deep. Uh, a lot of guys that can can play other places um, if they was to give get an opportunity to ones that's behind. So, man, I'm just excited to show what we can do, what we've been working hard for, and what we see every day. You know, uh, Jalen, I can't wait 
for him to go out there and burst people bubbles because I know they've been talking a lot. And I know that's a big question mark uh, because of why people saying that we're going to lose because we don't have the quarterback or whatever they feel. He's a young guy or whatever. But um, I know uh, we're going to go out there and wake everybody up. I'm glad you brought up Jalen Hurts. Okay, so you have a young quarterback with four games of experience under his belt. All offseason, all we've heard about is the Eagles trying to make a trade for Deshaun Watson. And then they bring in Gardner Minshew uh, from Jacksonville. This young man has a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He only played 10 snaps in the preseason. He's playing in a very critical and rabid fan base in Philadelphia. I don't have to tell you what you went through as a young player coming up through Philadelphia when everybody wanted to run you out of town. So what makes you believe that Jalen Hurts, with a new head coach, new system, is going to hit the ground running and shock the world? Uh, because I, I, I feel like he's got a great coaching staff, a good position coach, uh, somebody who's going to um, you know help him with the details of uh, the everyday struggle of you know what you got to get better on because that matters. Uh, I think that... Um, you know, it's, it's the offense is is broken down in a simple way uh, for, for everybody to be able to play fast and to go out there and just, you know, make your reads. I mean, of course, he's going to have to make his reads and do what he have to do as far as when when checks present themselves. Uh, they're trusting him to make those. And so uh, it's, it's really on him on how you prepare uh, and 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 handle all the pressure that comes with it. But I think uh, he's he's made for that. He's been in Alabama where I feel like the most pressure is to keep going and getting rings. And then you go to Oklahoma. And, I mean, I think everything was priming him for this moment. And even with him coming into that role last year of stepping in after they, um, you know, Ben Carson, mm-hmm. I think he handled himself well during that time of him being on the uh, – on. The, as a second teamer and and now that he's the guy i think that um he's out there he's excited to prove uh that he belongs here so man i'm just excited for him uh want him to do well and that's why i'm 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 gonna say that he's gonna come out on top on now you know what um a lot of people like to say we find out what a team is or is not by the seventh or eighth game of the season i think we're gonna know what this team is or is not after four games i mean you got atlanta out of the gate you don't know much about that team under his new head coach. Then you got to play a rugged 49ers team, then go down to Dallas, and then come back home and play your former head coach, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Would you agree or disagree? You will have a thorough gauge of what your team is or is not by then. Oh, yeah, you will. You'll know exactly where you are because those games you got to have. Uh, every game is important, but um, uh, we got the Falcons. We got, like you said, the 49ers coming yep. into town. Uh, a healthy 49ers because their defense is, you know, uh, they're back. And I'm sure they're ready uh, to go out there and prove something too. So we got a lot of guys that's going to give us their best shots. Um, and, and, of course, you know, we go to Dallas. Uh, and Dallas going to be early. It's early. We usually yep. had Dallas late, um, you know, but I think – it's going to be a good test for us the first four games. Like you said, it's going, it's going to really see where we are and what we need to build. Um, even if we do win all of them, we're still going to have to f- uh, figure out what we got to keep working on and, and, and getting 1% better on. 11th season under your NFL belt. Brandon Graham still has not had double-digit sacks. Yeah. He had your, best, your best year uh, 2017, you had nine and a half. I thought for sure you were going to get it last year, man. Do you think about that, or you even care about that anymore? You know what? I do, and I think that I got two more years to do it. 
And this year, if I don't play good, I know I'm not going to be here next year. But I, I ain't going to even put that out there because I feel so good about it, man. Yeah. Uh, how hard we've been working. Uh, when we've been having those joint practices, it just let me know that um, I still got it. Just got to make sure that um, I, I do myself right as far as, um, uh, like I say, eating right, uh, mm-hmm. making sure that I'm working hard every day, making sure I'm pouring into the young guys because we going to need everybody. Because uh, if everybody else playing good and they can't just focus on me and Fletch, then it makes it easier for us to go out there and, and be dominant, dominant, you know, and, and win our matchups. And so, um, man, I'm just I'm thankful uh, to not have double digit sacks and still be on the same team. Like you yep. say, man, there's so many different things that that went my way uh, that I'm that I'm loving uh, and I don't take for granted. And I'm just making sure that um, I, I, I ended on a good note as I keep getting better. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to keep doing, keep getting better down the line, and hopefully that's a double-digit sack year. And uh, uh, I'm trying to lead the league in sacks, so that's a big one for me. What? So I'm, I'm setting the bar real high, you know, and I, I'm just hoping that, um, that you know, it just, it's just it's going to pay off. I feel like it's going to pay off, and it's going to do what it's going to do either way. Uh, but I'm just going to go out there and, and maximize everything I can. So like a fine wine, you aging gracefully. You, you are you are one of three guys on this roster who are 33 years of age, okay? And by birth date, technically, you are the second oldest player on this team behind Joe Flacco. Do you start to feel your age? I mean, you're still a young man by, by normal age, but are you starting to feel, feel the age now? No, nah, not yet. Uh, I, I will say that. Um, it don't hurt as bad as some people said it would right mm-hmm. now, but mm-hmm. I do know Father Time d- does not miss, and so um, I'm hoping that I can at least get two more years out before Father Time start to slow me down a little bit. All right, now you open against the Atlanta Falcons team, very similar to your Philadelphia team. Um, new head coach, new coaching staff, new direction. They didn't play anybody hardly in the preseason. Uh, you guys didn't play hardly anybody in the preseason. So so what do you expect against an unknown opponent? Uh, just going out there and doing our technique and worrying, worrying about uh, canceling. Um, just worrying about carrying out the game plan because that's when, when you're playing against a team that you haven't seen and all that, and all that you just got to make sure whatever coach put, uh, put together as far as the game plan and what you kind of think is going to happen, Uh, You go out there and you do that first and then you adjust as the game goes because, I mean, we don't know how they're going to use a lot of guys. Uh, They haven't played Kyle Pitts but a couple times. We don't know if he's going to be a big big factor in this defense. They still got Ridley, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure he's going to want the ball a lot. Um, Then they're going to try to get the running game going. And so uh, we just got to make sure that we – pick our issues um, and, and and figure out, you know, on the fly uh, how they're trying to attack us and make sure that we adjust well uh, when that time comes. In a game of unknowns, normally, because you've had to play unknown opponents before, so how long do you think it normally takes before you figure out as a defense, okay, this is what they're trying to do? Well, you're going to know in them first 15 plays uh, okay. because um, that's they're going to give you they, they, they best shot in the beginning. And then they're going to go with whatever it is that they, you know, if they if they feel good about some plays that that got that that went went good in the first 15, you'll see them again. Mm-hmm. But if it's certain things that they want to do and they don't like uh, that because we're playing, we played it well, they probably don't go back to it. But I know that um, 
for us, it's going to be a lot of adjustments that's going to be made in that game uh, early on. And it's going to be it's going to come down to coaching and us carrying out uh, the plan. COVID is still hovering over the NFL like it is a lot of sports and life in general for all of us here in this country. Um, even as we get ready to kick off this new season, we're already starting to see players dropping like flies. And I'm talking about starting players have been ruled out for week one of the NFL season. Uh, the majority of players have been vaccinated, but some still refuse to get vaccinated until uh, they get more information about what's in this vaccine. And I can't blame them for that. But do you think all players should be vaccinated? Um, you know what? I think that we all have a choice. Um, and I, I love that we all have a choice. And so I think that, like you said, man, it's a lot of guys want to know what they're putting in their bodies. And they always tell us, to make sure that you you uh, watch what you put in your, your body. So I think that, you know, giving us the choice uh, to cho- choose to or not uh, is, is always good because, you know, we all, we all feel certain ways and sometimes you can get people to, you know, com- uh, off trust. You can get people to do stuff. And then some people just like, nah, I still haven't, I haven't bought it yet, you know, uh, bought with this selling. So I'm not going to do it. And, and that's okay. And I, I think that, uh, of course, you know, you in a, in a perfect world, you don't want to have to go through COVID and all that stuff that, that happened. But I think that, uh, man, um, I, I, I just feel like everybody should have a choice on, on, in the say on that. So I'm going to just keep it like that. All right. What do you think about the NFL's ruling? Uh, they came out in July and basically said, um, you know, unlike last year where they moved a lot of games around to fit everything in, uh, they will not do that this year. And if a team uh, forfeits a game because of an outbreak of COVID on their team, uh, that team will be forfeiting the game and could also be fined. And the individuals could be fined a lot of money as well. What do you think about the the NFL basically saying, we're going the course of our schedule and we're not altering it. We've given you options. And for those of you who have not taken those options, there's a penalty to pay down the road. Well, uh, that's where we that's where we at right now. And they make they make the rules because it's their league. But I think that um, uh, people still going to make their decisions based off what's best for them and their family and whatever they feel. And we just cross that road when it comes uh, type of attitude. That's what I've, that's the kind of vibe I'm getting from that. But I think that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot, everybody has a responsibility. Um, everybody handles things differently uh, on how they want to do it. And, and the NFL chose to take that route. And I mean, you can't do nothing but, but respect what they, what they, what they doing, because I mean, you got to respect what we're doing too. You know, if we don't, if we choose not to get it, I mean, but this is the rules. You know, you know, everything comes with a, a positive and negative reaction. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the negative part of it. But that's what we got to deal with. And so you just got to be extra careful. Make sure that you, uh, you know, at least wearing your mask uh, in, in public settings and and making sure you're doing all you can uh, to prevent um, getting that fine or getting in trouble because you end up catching COVID. Hey, back on a positive note, you were named one of the captains. Uh, what does that mean to you for Nick Sirianni and his staff to name you one of the captains? You old man, that was you so old, cool. old man, you. Hey, it's all good. I'm gonna show you, old man. Keep on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna show you out there what's going on. But uh, man, I'm so thankful. I don't take it for granted. I'm gonna make sure I do all I can and give all I can to make sure that um, 
Um, I give all I can for the cause, uh, and that's the team. Whatever I got to give up to get something, I'm I'm, I'm doing that. Um, and, and I'm and and I'm, I'm loving that uh, the guys chose me to be one of the guys to lead lead the team this year. Give me one or two players, whether a veteran or young players on your defense, that should shock a lot of people this year. Uh, let me see the young guy. I mean, of course, Devontae, that boy is nice, man. Good pick. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, but I, I feel like the, uh, we got a young D line that's on the up and up and coming that boy, Teron Jackson. Boy. Yeah. I like him a lot, man. I really? think he's getting better every day. Um, let me see who else. I mean, I think, uh, Alex Singleton is definitely going to have a big year this year. Um, him being named a captain. That's just, that's a show you right there. Um, cause that boy be out there. He's everywhere. And with us, I, I think we was out there a couple times with each other, but it was like they was just trying to mix and, you know, mix guys in and stuff like that. But now that we know the team and know who's going to be out there, I can't wait to see how everything kind of gels together because, man, we got some special players that got chips on their shoulders. Uh, that boy Steve Nelson, man, that boy out there, he's going to be nice. That was a nice pickup for us for the other side of Slay. Uh, Vontae, man, I could keep going. It's a lot of guys that's – want to prove themselves and, and I'm going to make sure I help them in the best way I can as far as, you know, mentally or whatever I see, wherever I see fit, I'm going to make sure I try to help all I can and hopefully they do the same for me. Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, what, what this team looks like. I mean, it's such a big mystery. I think it's one of the biggest mysteries in all the years that I've been covering the Philadelphia Eagles in terms of not having a true grasp of what, what it is, what is not. And, and I can't wait to see it. You know, I, I look at this year, and you have associated yourself with a lot of different things, uh, a lot of different charities this year. And, and one that you and your wife, Carlin, was a part of recently back in um, August was that you and your wife donated 600 backpacks and supplies uh, to kids around the Philadelphia area for school. Tell me about this Team Graham 55 uh, project you're a part of. Well, you know, the wife put it all together. Uh, and we was back in Michigan. We were trying to do something in Philly, too, um, because how how much impact we had in Michigan. We was like, man, we got to do this in Philly, too. But right. but Carla definitely put it all together. Uh, Pal was able to help us back at home. Uh, they're always helping us with my camps and stuff like that. But we started Team Graham because we all we know that it takes a team to get to get a lot of things done. Uh, you can't just get stuff done by yourself. Sometimes you need a team of people that's believing in your dream and your cause. And so that's why we came up with team ground 55. And I think that, um, you know, with us doing that backpack drive because we couldn't do the camp this year, uh, was something big that we want to continue to do on top of the camp. And it just keep on adding to, uh, what's needed. And man, we were so thankful to be able to, uh, do that for people. And we ran out the first cause we had two different times. We had people mm -hmm. come drive through to get bags for whatever, however many kids they need them for. And man, we, we donated 600, but we really had to go back to the stores. And luckily uh, when we went to Costco's, man, they had somebody that didn't pick up all the book bags they were supposed to. And they gave them all to us for free. Cause they wanted to be a part of it and donate. Wow. So the second part, the wife and we ended up, we ended up doing about 1200 book bags uh, and, and supplies. They could, they donated all that stuff. And man, that was such such a blessing at the time because the wife like, man, we don't have no more stuff for the second second wave of people that's coming around five and seven. So they had people come around um, set. Well, it was like 10 to 
12, and then it was like five to seven. Man, them things was gone so fast. The 10 to 12 session, we had to go back, go to Costco's, like I said, and they and luckily they had all these book bags that they already prepared for people to come get uh, because I guess somebody was doing something similar and they never came and got them. And so that we just end up coming and it just worked out perfect, man. And we end up doing about 1,200 book bags. It was, it was something that we know uh, now that we really need to continue to do. I'm not surprised one bit that you and your wife have taken this approach because in the time that I've gotten to know you and, and in recent years, her, uh, I see the personality. I see the the, the generosity that both of you have um, and, and just the humble, humble nature that both of you have. So I'm not surprised one bit that you guys have stepped forward to do what you're doing. But I have to ask you this. Do you ever say no to anybody or anything? I've seen you with all these different charities. Uh, every time I'm on a social media, I see you on somebody else's podcast um, or doing some interview. Do you ever say no? Because I, you are gregarious by nature. I've never seen an athlete just walk up to people and talk to them like he's known them for 20 years, ask them how their family's doing, ask them how they're doing. I don't care who it is. Do you ever say no to anything? Well, you know what? I do. I got to tell the wife no sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes her expectations can be a little too high about certain things. And it's like, baby, I just, I, nope, I don't feel comfortable doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But, but you know, um, I do say no, but it is rare because I'm always trying to help and trying to put a smile on somebody's face. And I feel like, you know, that's just come from me just wanting to, wanting to serve and, and, and just wanted to, you know, inspire people to let people know, because people always say, man, I'm surprised you're doing all this, man. Most athletes don't do this and that. And they'd be like, man, with us having such a platform, I mean, I know you don't know everybody and you don't want, you want to be safe and you want to, you don't want to, you know, you just, you can't trust everybody. And that, that'd be, the, I feel like that's the, that's the next level for me sometimes, because sometimes you can get burned doing uh, for some people. Uh, because their intentions wasn't as good as as pure as mine, and so um, sometimes you do got to say no because I can see when I do something nice for somebody and they want to take advantage of it. They want to, well, man, can I get this now? Can I do this? Can I do that? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, mm-hmm. nah. And then that just turned me off. But I don't let it turn me off to where I stop doing what I do for other people. It's just I try to, you know, not stay in that place of man. He turned me off. Oh man, I, these people, man, Dan, I'm trying to help, and then somebody come. But you know, you're gonna have bad apples everywhere. Right, I mean, you know right. what I'm saying? It's, so you run into them here and there. Uh, but I try not to let that um, dictate on how I on how I want to do because this is just purely from the heart. I know that it's not gonna last long as far as me being in the league, and people not gonna be coming knowing me after 10 to 15 years, mm-hmm. uh, like as much as as they know me now because I'm in the light. So it's, mm-hmm. I, I try to make sure I'm always conscious of that. So I'm, I'm enjoying the whole thing. I make sure that I, um, I do all I can. If any kid come up, man, it's hard to say no. That's the one thing that's hard for me to pass on because I know how much it meant to me. Uh, and you just never know. You might not touch everybody, but I know that if, um, if when kids come up, man, and their inspire, inspiration uh, is to be where I'm at, and uh, I try to be a good example of, you know, it don't matter what you're doing, no matter what you 
um, what type of level you on, you can always mm-hmm. help and give back and, and, t- and bring somebody else along. So that's always been my mindset. I try to keep a positive attitude even during the negative and um, just make sure that I know that life is too short, man, to go through life um, being mad and being disappointed uh, or staying in that place to let it dictate how your day going to go. So mm-hmm. I try to make sure that I always uh, think about that and always, you know, think, logically and, and make sure that um i don't stay in that that bad place if, if i do go through anything uh bad you know you go through it, you talk about it and you move on that's awesome dude and you know you were speaking to your wife and, and tell her i know she's been avoiding me since she lost that bet to me last year <laughs> and i still don't see my c's candy man tell her i know she has a law degree but you know this this is wrong she ain't paying off her, her debts man this is wrong <laughs> Hey, you know, one thing we do do, we pay them debts off. We might have been too just been, we might have just been busy, you know what I'm saying? But she gonna make sure she gets you some C's and that might might even double up on you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, man, I, I'm so happy that you were a part of the one year anniversary of Gun on One. And you know what? We will ever we will forever have this between us is that you made history with D Gun. And then in this case, I'm not wrong again, D-Gun. Hey, you always going to be wrong, man, because you know, you know, you're against the Eagles, man. You know, no, you, you, no. you a Packers fan. You out here a Packers fan. Well, I was born in Wisconsin. I'm going to bleed green and gold now. I'm going to tell you the truth. But, hey, look, man, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. You know I'm going to hit you up before the season's over. Oh, yeah. You know it, man. Anytime. All right, man, you take care of yourself. And tell your wife that I got you off of a gun on one in less than 30 minutes. Make sure you tell her that. Hey, I got you. You know I got you. All right, so we go from close to home to now behind enemy lines, and I bring in a guy. Enemy lines now? I'm behind enemy lines. Yeah, you enemy lines. Let me get your introduction first before you (laughs) jump on me. So we go to a guy now who played for the Philadelphia Eagles for six years. Yeah, during his NFL career, he also played with the Jets, played with Jacksonville, three-time pro bowler, two-time first-team all-pro. Um, you know him, you love him. Everybody loved him when he was here. My man, Hugh Douglas, who's now part of the media. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You know what, D-Gun? I'm not going to lie. When you first asked you to be on the show, I was going to come on and say a whole lot of mean and hurtful things to you. show <laughs> for a while, and this is the first time that I've been on the show. But now that I see you, I'm just so happy to be here, man, and I'm so happy to see you. It's been so long. I ain't got nothing negative to say about you. Wait, wait. Why did you want to say meaning, mean, mean, hurtful things? Like, dude, dude, I remember when everything happened, you transitioned. You weren't on Comcast anymore, whatever, NBC right. or whatever. Right. And you started, the, like, I remember sending out one of the tweets. I mean, you know, like, you're one of the good guys. You're going to yes, land you on did. Show and everything. And then all of a sudden, like a week later, I'm hearing about this podcast you're going to do. And I'm like, yo. Holla at your boy. And, and it took like, what, five years? You've been doing it for like five years? And I'm no, just, one oh, year. No. One year. As a matter oh, of fact. My, my story sounds better. You've been doing it no, for like No, years. no. This week is my one year anniversary of doing Gun on One. You've been doing this for like 20 <laughs> oh, oh, you okay? You want to bring up dirt? How about a few years ago when I was working for NBC and I wanted you to be on the show? You said, "D Gun, I got you." So I text you, I text you, you text me back the next day, D Gun. I'm sorry, I fell asleep. I'm like, what? D-Gun. What? D-Gun. I did fall asleep. <laughs> see, see what I mean? See what I mean? <laughs> oh man! Well, right now, he was he was a member of the media. He is right now on ninety two point nine, the game down in Atlanta, which is the equivalent of WIP and ninety seven point five here in Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio. Um, 
How long you been in Atlanta now, man? Man, I've been here for seven years, D-Gun. I've been in Atlanta for seven years. Why? Did you think you'd be there that long? I did not. I did not think I was going to be here that long. I didn't know, you know, that was at a time where, you know, I had a lot going on. A lot happened in a yep. short period of time for me. Yep. So, with, with, you know, going from ESPN, getting fired from ESPN, the allegations and all the other stuff. So I was in a position where I was in limbo. I didn't know what was about to happen. I, I knew I had to try to figure out a way to get my good name back. And so when I got here, you know, I just I just didn't know what was going to happen. I really didn't. And now I look up, like, to be honest, D-Gun, like I was telling you, I'm I, I just now just starting to feel comfortable being here in Atlanta. Seven, oh, wow. Yeah, seven years later, just starting to feel comfortable. So what made you go to Atlanta? You know what's funny? I was I was sitting in my basement high now when everything happened. And uh, i never forget it. My wife at the time, like we like she's from Atlanta. She's from okay, here. okay. So at the time, she we were I was sitting in the basement and she said, "Hey, you know she because she's trying. You know how it is. Your wife trying to get you going, trying to get you get yep. you back on course. So she said, "Hey, Cordell Stewart just quit at the radio station in Atlanta." And I was like, "For real?" And she was like, "That might be, you know, because she wanted to come back home. So she was like, that might be an opportunity there." So I reached out to Jamal Anderson. Okay. Running, and because he was working at the station at the time. And I asked him for the program director's name. And he was like, Yeah, I give it to you. He said, I give you his email. His name is Sean Thompson. So I emailed, you know, I, I did the straight resume thing. I wrote him an email. Right. You know, I said, Hey, Sean, I'm Hugh Douglas, former Philadelphia Eagle, da 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 da. And he hit me back and he was like, Wait a minute, Hugh Douglas, they used to play for the Jets. And he was a Jets fan. Wow. And he was like, of course I know who you are. And and then that kind of got the ball to rolling. And I remember uh, they asked me, it was getting ready to be five. The football season was just rolling around. And they were trying to figure out their their uh, their uh, pregame team. Right, right. And they asked me, they said, hey, how soon can you be in Atlanta? I was like, I can be in Atlanta tomorrow. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> you good. I packed up my truck. I carried as much stuff as I could. I hit the road. I hit the road. I, I, I was out. Oh, and then you've been there ever since. I've been there ever since. I've been here ever since. That's crazy. Since. Hey, I want to go back yeah. to your your playing days uh, for just a moment. And um, I was standing at your locker with a bunch of other media people, and I can't remember who the opponent was, but it was a big game coming up, and you were asked a question, and you uttered the words, it's do or die. It's do or die. I think and that was a playoff. It was, was a playoff, it a playoff game? I can't remember which game it was, but I do remember that. I do remember. Do, that. do you know that people occasionally still use that line in Philadelphia? It's do or die. Even in the media, sometimes I'm I'm shocked that that one line still resonates for as long as it has. Yeah, man. Because you know what? It's the Thunderdome. Remember? Because I think the Thunderdome was the movie with with right. with, with, with Tina Turner. Right. Tina right. Turner, two man enter, one man leave. Yep. That like in the, in a nutshell, that's the playoffs. That is the playoff. Wow. Teams play, one team wins, and they get, get a chance to advance. And at that time, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid just got there. Right. Listen, it was like in, in Philadelphia, man, we had to make it to the playoffs. And we had to get there. And it, we got to the point where, you know, we went there the first year. I can't remember. We lost. I think it was in the first round. I think it was against the Giants or whatever. And then we started going. That's when we started getting better. Yeah. And so the mantra, two man enter, one man leave. It's a Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Mm. So, man, tell me about these these Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you've been covering this team for a while now. Like the Eagles, uh, new head coach, new coaching staff, 
new direction. Your head coach, Arthur Smith, was the former OC for the Tennessee Titans. What's this team all about, man? Are, are there as big a mystery down there to you guys as the Eagles are to us? Exactly. Because think about it. This is the first year where we've had three preseason games. Right. Last year, any preseason game. Right. And the two quarterbacks going into this game, we ain't seen bad parts of them. The whole season. But you saw Jalen Hurts, what, four plays? Ten, four ten plays. plays. Ten snaps. Ten snaps. And you're talking about, like, my thing has always been, when you talk about young quarterbacks, you got to give them four games yeah. before you figure out who they are. He's only had four games. We still don't know what he is. And then on top of that, you have a guy, like, when he gets there, Coach Sirianni, they don't name him the starter to what, 415 last two? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, 415, and then you go trade for Gardner Minshew, yeah. a guy who has made it clear that he wants to be a starter. And, yeah. and then I just found out he has history with Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. Now, the question you have to ask yourself if you're a smart Eagles fan yeah. is how long a leash does Jalen Hurts have? That's I right. Mean, That's right. You're right. But, but, I look at I look at the Falcon situation down there. You have, you have a 38 year old head coach. How much did your guys play in the preseason? None. None. <laughs> Nothing. Because we. This how we got bamboo. <laughs> this how we got bamboo down here. So, you know, we we get on the radio. You know, as pundits, we have to kind of speculate what's going on. You know, me being the ex NFL player. Right. Right. Preseason game. He's like, well. And I'm sitting there talking about, well, Matt Ryan has to play in the third game, right? Because that's the only one where you get to see a body where you get to see what the offense is going to look like, right? You right. get to see defense. Grady Jarrett hasn't played in the preseason. Diga, we, we sit, we're we sitting there watching the game, and they say, oh, Matt Ryan has on his pads. Matt Ryan ain't seen no parts of the field. He ain't been out there not nine time. Mike Davis, I don't even think he played. Like, you know, because it's, it's like you want to see the key players play. So Matt Ryan is the guy. Right. We saw one play of Kyle Pitts where he looks fast. He looks like he's going to be a formidable tight end. He ran, he like one play for 27 yards. That's it. That's all we've seen of Kyle Pitts. We haven't seen this defense with the starters. We ain't seen nothing. <laughs> we ain't got nothing. For a while, there was speculation about Matt Ryan even being there. A lot of people thought he would move on with the new coaching staff, new direction. Obviously, as you just said, he's still there. So I, I can't even ask you, is Arthur Smith's offense conducive to his style of play? Digon, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, because um, who is that they were comparing the offense to similar to the one that Miami runs? Oh, in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, and, and the only thing that I can say is, like, you look at, what Baker Mayfield was doing, they played against the Browns because he played, you know, a lot of rollouts, a lot of quick throws and things of that nature. And somebody was saying that, you know, that's kind of similar to the offense that, that, you know, he's going to run. And I'm thinking, okay, I can see Matt Ryan doing a little bit of rollouts, not a whole lot of running, but who knows? I haven't been to practice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're not letting you wow. practice. They're not showing you anything. Arthur Smith and Dean Pease have not shown you anything in the preseason. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's what co that's what the COVID has done to all of us, man, COVID, over the COVID last year. All screwed up, don't it? <laughs> we we all it. messed up, man. <laughs> no, yeah, look, but in, in a general sense, how much do you think the absence of a Julio Jones changes the dynamic uh, of, of this team? You know what's funny, Digon? The more the closer we get to the season, the more and more stuff is starting to come out about that Julio Jones story. Now okay. we get a chance to talk to Harry Douglas all the time. Harry Douglas was a teammate of Julio Jones. Right. 
I tried my damnedest every week to try to get him to spill the tea on the relationship on air, I might add, between right. Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. He won't do it. He won't do it, D-Gun. So the only thing, only thing I can do is speculate. I think that there was a little bit of a rift between Julio yeah. and the quarterback, and yeah. now they're starting to come out, you know, their story's starting to come out where uh, Julio didn't like the way they handled him when he came to his money. There's mm. that, that story that's out there, and he, he didn't like that. So it's just really hard to say. As far as moving on without Julio, he was the best receiver that Matt has ever thrown to. But, you know, when you look at the history of Matt Ryan, uh, when he had Tony Gonzalez, he was a pretty damn good quarterback. And then you look at his numbers over the year. To me, Matt Ryan's a Hall of Fame quarterback, no doubt about that. Okay. So now when you have – when you take a tight end at, at number four and you take him as high as you did and you don't take a quarterback, you know what you better do? You better feature that tight end. You better, you better give him the ball. You better, you better get him the ball. And you have Calvin Ridley. You got Mike Davis back there running the ball. You better get the tight end the ball. You better get it to him. You know, you were just talking about this kid, Kyle Pitts, and when he was coming out, he was by far head and shoulders the best tight end coming out in the draft. You've seen him in a limited role. Limited. And I emphasize limited because you said one play. But everything I hear about this kid is this kid could be a perennial pro bowler every year. Yeah, I'm hearing the same thing. And D-Gun, I'm going to tell you, the one play that I did see him play in when he caught that little that little pad, that little route, out, out, out route, and he ran it for 27 yards. Initially, when I saw him, I was like, he don't look that fast. And I was like, damn, he ran for 27 yards? That fast? <laughs> I was like, damn. Because it was just like his stride was just effortless. And I'm like, damn, this kid is fast. 27 yards, one play. So, I mean, I think that when you look at him and the way that he's built, yeah. He's a matchup problem. Mm. He, you still have Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is still here. He's okay. the first round draft pick at tight end as well. So I think just speculate. They're going to try their best to get mismatch opportunities in, in on offense and try to take advantage of those. Because when you think of most teams, you have one corner that matches up. You got a bunch. You got Alamaze the kid, Zacchaeus. He's a he's a pretty good receiver. You got yep. Cal Ridley. You got Hayden Hurst. You got Kyle Pitts, who you can line up anywhere. So you got some guys on offense that can potentially create matchup problems for you. All right, you mentioned the kid Mike Davis at running back. Is it going to be running back by committee, or is he basically the, the bell cow for that offense in the running you know, game? Uh, they they had Quadri Allison. They let him go. They got another running back whose name escapes me right now that they just picked up off of waivers. Okay. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Mike Davis. I think they like what he did when he was in Carolina, and I think that he's going to be the guy. Now, with that being said, the issues that the Falcons have had over the past few years haven't been able to run the ball, have not been able to run the ball. And then we look at Coach Smith and what he was when he was in Tennessee. They had uh, Derrick Henry. Oh, they yes. Oh, uh, man, listen. So Mike Davis has been working out. He looks the part. A lot of people are concerned about him if he's actually going to be able to be that guy. Right. I this offense and the way that they're going to try to hit different people, there's still going to be an emphasis on the run, but there's also going to be some wrinkles that they're going to throw in it. But, D-Gun, like I said, I'm speculating. I don't know what the hell they're going to do down here. <laughs> I, I tell you what, one of one of the more intriguing storylines about the Atlanta Falcons is their defensive coordinator, this guy Dean Pease. Now, this guy's 72, year, 72 years old. He's the oldest coordinator, offensive defense, in the National Football League. He was retired for a couple of years. Chilling. And decided to come out of retirement. But when you look at his pedigree and his history, 
this man obviously knows what he's doing when it comes to yes. scheming defenses, right? Yes. And then you talk about – and then we had a chance to talk to Coach Pease, and he was saying that this team is more talented. Well, the, the, the coach was saying that this defense is more talented than the one that they had in Tennessee. More talented? More talented, especially up front. And you talk about that 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 so what I got from that was the the group that they had in Tennessee was a group of underachievers. Now you got some bona fide ballers. Only thing I can think of, D Gun, they they got Grady Jared in the middle. He's a man. He kind of reminds me a little bit of a smaller version of Fletcher Cox. Okay. I, I believe that they're gonna line him up everywhere and try to get him to the quarterback as much as they possibly can. And they got the one guy that we got from uh I can't even remember his name, D-Gun, because he had like three sacks last year that he got from the Rams. Dante Fowler. They got him, and, and he was a huge disappointment, so much so that they had to redo his contract, and he's going to be a guy that's basically – it's a proven year for him. So they're going to try to get after the quarterback. I can see a lot of blitzes on rundowns. I can see a lot of, of you know, them doing stunts up front and things of that nature. They're right. going to try to get pressure on the quarterback because that was one thing last year that the the – Falcons did not do a great job of. They can't be as bad as 4-12 and 12 last year. They can't be. Even though no. they're a big mystery right now, they can't be that bad, can they? No, D-Gun. I remember <laughs> watching games. One game in particular, the Dallas Cowboys game, they jumped out on the Cowboys. They were all over them like a bunch of crickets. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get in the second half, and you're like, Lord, have mercy. These are two different. They went in the halftime, and they didn't lost their mojo. And they let the Dallas Cowboys get back in the game. Another game, Detroit Lions, the same thing. They jumped all over the Detroit Lions, and they let the Detroit Lions get back in. So they didn't know how to finish. They did not know how to finish. And I think that's one of the things that Coach Pease came in and he's brought is, is a mentality, an attitude, and he's going to let these guys play. Kind of reminds me a little bit from the little bit that I've seen. Right, kind right. Of Johnson defense, a little bit like a Jim Johnson defense. Let guys go, put them in position to be successful, and just let them hunt. So you don't know much about this Falcons team. And by the way, the Falcons defense last year finished 29th in the league. Big reason why they were 4-12. and 12. But you don't know much about this Falcons team. We don't know much about this Philadelphia Eagles team. So with that said, I, and I hate doing this because people ask me to do it all the time, but I'm like, who are you picking to win? Now, remember, you got, you got Eagles green running through your veins, through even though you got Falcons, Falcons red and black running through your veins now also. So, no, I, no, wait a minute. Hold up. Let's get that correct. What? I got Eagle green running through my back veins. Yeah. I got Falcons red and black running through my bank account. There you go. <laughs> so, so who are so you picking? But I have to keep it real, and, I have to, and I'm going to break it down for you, too. Listen, okay. You look at the body of work from the quarterbacks. Right. Quarterbacks alone, you have to get a nod to Matt Ryan. Right. And seeing with this first college, well, the second college football weekend, that quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, tend to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. When the game isn't sound. Uh, the best friend of a young quarterback is a sound running game. Yeah. And and when you look at the, the running game, Booby Miles or the, or the Falcons, I mean, excuse me, or the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of iffy a little bit. I look at it like this, D-Gun. I feel like the young quarterback is going to struggle because DMP is going to bring pressure every play. Okay. He's going to bring every play. He's going to disguise coverages. He's going to do everything that he can to make sure that that young quarterback does not get comfortable. And we've seen when young quarterbacks aren't comfortable, they get frustrated. They right, start right. to pour stuff. They start to try to do stuff on their own to try to make a play. I can, I can see him trying to pull the ball down, trying to make things happen, 
and that's when you get in trouble. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, he's going to struggle as well because he hasn't played in the preseason, but he's going to be more prepared to weather the storm Mm -hmm. because he's been in the league for 14 seasons. You know, so I'm leaning more towards the Atlanta Falcons because of the the, the veteran leadership of the quarterback and the fact that Jalen Hurts, this is really his fifth game as a professional. It's his fifth game as a professional. And on top of that, I mean, let's just be real, D-Gun. The Eagles have shown you by their actions that they do not trust him at the quarterback spot. I agree with you. <laughs> Come on, man. And, and I remember I, I, I said I said on, on I said last week, they brought Gardner Minshew in here as a potential starter. You mean to bypass Joe Flacco? <laughs> Think about it. Gardner Minshew has a, a more of a body of work than, than Jalen Hurts, and he has the leg up with, with Coach Seattle. They've been they worked together before. Right. I'm saying, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine whose name will remain anonymous, but he works in radio up there by you. Okay. That we talked <laughs> <we talk, laughs> and he was like, we were just sitting there talking, and it was like, man, maybe by the eighth game, by the eighth game. Yeah. It all depends on how comfortable Jalen Hurst is playing quarterback. I don't see him being rattled early, but the pressure's going to be on. You know, he's playing in Philadelphia. Yeah. And if he yep. gets off with, listen, if he gets off to a rocky start, uh, D-Gun, as much as people love him or want to see him do well, right. fans want to win. They want to win, and they want to win right now in a division where it's, and it's really up in the air. You don't know what Dak Prescott is going to be. You don't right. know what he's so it, and, and you know uh, Washington is going to be tough, but are they going to be able to score points? Their defense is going to be good, but are they going to be able to score points? So if Gardner Minshew learns this offense and he gets the chance to show you what he's going to do, what do you think is going to happen? Look, man, this whole offseason, all we've heard is speculations about the Eagles trying to make a trade. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Yep. Okay, so 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 Jalen Hurst has had that over his head for a while. Now you bring in a Gardner Minshew. You're playing in one of the toughest fan base environments. You know that uh, in, in the NFL. And now you're going into a season with 10 snaps under your belt in a preseason where you're playing for a new head coach and a new scheme. All we hear about, he looks great in practice. Hugh, see, people try to get on me when I say this. Don't tell me about practices, uh, training camp practices in a controlled environment. Everybody <laughs> looks good in training camp. He made a spectacular catch. That's in training camp, man. It's control. Quarterbacks throwing darts. You know what? He ain't getting hit. You know what I'm saying? I try to tell people that all the time. You remember? You remember? I'm gonna bring back an old name for you. Remember Dana Bible? Remember Absolutely. Dana Bible? Yes. Remember when Dana Bible was here and everybody thought that he was going to be the guy that was going to turn the offense around. Yes. I, Ray Rose coming to practice one day and telling Emmett, Emmett at the time, our, our uh, defense coordinator, he said, hey, could you guys quit bl- stop blitzing because, you know, we can run our offense. <laughs> the hell? This is this is your period. We're just running. We're running what you want us to run. But yeah, we're, bring, yeah. we're bringing too much heat in practice. I was like, what the hell? Where the hell they do that at, nigga? I don't know, man. In a controlled practice, you telling us to play vanilla. You picked the plays that we ran. Like, what's going on? So, man, listen, that, that's why sometimes when people say that, you just got to let them talk, nigga. You just got to let them talk. Because you, you can't argue with it. The one thing that I've learned, you yeah. can't argue with everybody, especially when people reading these blogs and, you know, they're watching exactly. it. 
perspective. And you everybody's got, an expert now. Everybody's an expert now. You got boots on the ground. You've been in this game a long time. People don't people don't realize that. And it's not like I'm trying to be disrespectful to any any fan that watches football because there's right. a lot of fans out there. Right. But my perspective is gonna be different than yours. So I might be wrong, but just I, like I respect your perspective, respect mine. And and when you talk about quarterbacks throwing well in practice, hell, practice is designed for them to be successful. Exactly. That's why they call it practice. Thank you. Thank you. That's why they call it practice. I get so sick of people talking about, oh, he looks, even media people, he looks great. He was 8 for 12 in practice, threw two touchdowns. So what? You know what you need, you know need to start doing when they do that? Big what? what? Just look at him and say, well, you remember your grandma, you say, Bless your heart. <laughs> hey, you talk about you don't try to argue, but you know what? You're on all kinds of social media platforms. I see you out there arguing with people on social I, media. Every, hey, but listen, every now and then, like I said, I got time today. And I'm unfiltered. Only There's only been, I'm allowed to curse on my Twitter feed. I've been told people some things that I can't say on TV. I've gotten in trouble maybe twice since I've been here. And that's when I've told somebody, you know, hey, F you. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> And your boss, I want to put the Twitter down. I said, okay, fine. Your boss put the kibosh on it? He put the kibosh on that. <laughs> but sometimes, D-Gun, like, I, I believe everybody is entitled to their opinion. Right, and everybody's right. entitled to, their, to, to live the life that they want to live or whatever. But when you just get on there, you start saying stupid stuff, man. And then you I start. Know. I know. It's like, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> And then people try to bait you. And then, you know what? I've, I've learned I backed off because, see, that's what they want you to do. They want to yeah, bait they, you. For them, they want to show people. Hey, look who tweeted me or look exactly. who responded. Yeah. And if you say the wrong thing, all of a sudden you blew up for the wrong reason on social yeah. media. Yeah. You know, but you brought up Twitter and I'm glad you brought up Twitter. Now, I've known you for a long time. You and I have been friends for a long time. Goes back to the late 1990s, I believe. Yes. Okay, when did you get to the Eagles? What year? Uh, 98. 98. 98. So I've known you since 1998 and you and I have been good friends for a long time. And I saw something the other day on social media, on Twitter to be exact. I fell out laughing. It was a picture of you. You know what I'm talking about? Of what? you with Steph Curry's family around you. <laughs> I'm like, you superimposed your face over Steph Curry's. And the, and the lion said, I shoot threes too. Hashtag why not? Come why on, not? man. What, what, what did you mean by that? No, you know the story. You know the story, D-Gun. Uh, set, uh, what's his name? Dale Curry. Yeah. Uh, Sonya Curry of cheating with a former football player. Right, right. That That's the story. And he wants a divorce or she wants a divorce. Want, somebody wants a divorce. And so the joke <laughs> was, I guess it started with Ricky Smiley. Everybody was talking about, okay, now you're going to shoot shots in, 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 in uh, Steph Curry's mom's DM. Because everybody like, like, D-Gun, she fine. She is fine as all get out. And she's, she's, she's fairly young, beautiful woman. So yeah. I was like, hey, everybody else shooting the J. Why not me? Why not? Why not? I, why, why not? I shoot what is wrong with you, man? What is wrong with you, you? What is wrong hey, with you? Hey, I'm 50 now. I ain't getting no younger. I Look, mean, man, I right now, my, right, right now, my producer Elvin Shabazi is cracking up, man. What is? I told, I told him I said, when, when Hugh Douglas get on here, you know, you might have to bleep button every now and then because you don't know what Hugh might say. I keep it, I keep it clean. I know you do it a family show. I don't want to, you know. Oh <laughs> yeah, I knew that was the case. Something's wrong with you. Hugh, come on, man. You can't be doing I that. Thought, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it I was hilarious, it. man. I spit up my water, man. I saw that, man. I was crying <laughs> laughing, man. No, you ever had no repercussions behind it? Not yet. I mean, I got to give a shout out to my man, Daryl Ashurst, though. That was my producer when yeah. we was at 99 game. He's in L.A. now. 
because that's what I did. I said, I said, I said, uh, Daryl, can you superimpose my face? On the <laughs> and he said, at work right now, give me a minute. <laughs> he said, he said, I'll do it when I get home. And he did such a great job. <laughs> Something's wrong with you, man. You need mental yeah. evaluation, man. Yeah, I do. I do. They need concussion money. That's what they need to do. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you are you in line for concussion money? I know some ex-players that no, can't wait to get that money. No, you know what? I'm not. But because I, I I did the I did the uh, evaluation. Right. And I I passed. And I was like, that can't be right. You had but the I, wrong doctor. You had yeah, the wrong yeah. doctor, dude. But you know what it was? It was because I was black. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You know what? Let's stop laughing. Because that's not funny. That's no, not, it's not. That's not no. That's not. And you're going to get us both in trouble. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get us in trouble. So I, that's not that's not a joking matter. I was kidding. So let's just take that back. Because I, I don't want the pressure groups. Right, right. To, Come on and start getting upset. So right. just, yeah, you're gonna take me down with you. <laughs> yeah, basically. yeah. All right. So let's get back. I have one other question for you before I let you go. Uh, a couple of years ago, you were voted to the Black College Football Hall of Fame. I believe it was 2019 that you mm-hmm. were inducted. Uh, and I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this uh, because you know you've been avoiding me forever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but w- w- what does that mean to you to be inducted into that Hall of Fame? Woo. I mean, Digun, when I walk through that group of, of when you talk about some of the 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 the, the HBCU participants that are in it, right, that right. are Fame, Mel Blount, and guys like that, and just to be a part of that legacy, this is the thing. When when people hear HBCU, ignorant people, they right. automatically they automatically think that it's a, a school that excludes white people, right? You know. What I mean? Because it's historically black college and university. Sure. That's not the case. So I'm I'm telling all your Caucasian viewers right now, that is not the case. HBCUs were founded because black folks couldn't go to white universities and they mm-hmm. wanted to be educated. Mm-hmm. So we could throw that out the, out the window. And that's why, you know, when, when I see people say stuff, well, why does it have to be the HBCU Hall of Fame? It's because before y'all realized that we could actually play football, y'all didn't want us to go to school with y'all. <laughs> So we had to go to our own universities and colleges to get an education. So that's why we did it. So now they're paying homage to the ones that helped pave the way mm-hmm. for the other African-Americans to go to the, the Alabamas, the Auburns, the Penn States, the schools like that, the temples. That's what it is. So when you see that and you, and you know that history, and then you see these guys that are in it that are – NFL Pro Football Hall of Famers, man, it's a humbling. It's 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 very very humbling. I mean, it's just like when I walk through and I look at that jacket, the gun. I'm like, wow, I'm a part of history. Mm. Like I, I'm a part of of HBCU history. So it's it's very very humbling. Very mm. very. Well, a belated congratulations to you. Um, I don't know when I'll get to talk to you again because you know you you dodge me like the plague. So no, D gun. I'm trying to it? figure out right now when I can come back up to Philly, man. You're not coming down here for the game. No, no, I'm independent contractor now, man. I'm doing like seven different shows, so I, I'm not coming down for the game this year. I know unfortunately. them checks lovely, though, because that money you was making at NBC, they what? had to match that bread, didn't they? They had to come with that bread. No, I'm not making what I used to make, but I'm doing all right. I'm taking care of my family and grandchildren now and everything else. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm getting by. And you're barbecuing all the time on the yeah. grill. Yeah, man. Come on up, man. I'll throw you a rib. Come on up. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, because I remember the last time you was barbecuing all on – you up there throwing the meat all on the grill, ain't sharing with nobody. <laughs> I st- hey, I still don't share. <laughs> 
Hey, man, thank you so much, man. As we kick off a new year of uh, football coverage here on Gun on Wonder Podcast, hey, this first show is unbelievable. A shout out and thank you to Brandon Graham. Definitely a shout out and thank you to my man, Hugh Douglas. Uh, man, you and I go way back, man. Yes, I've sir. had s- some of my greatest memories of covering pro football is because of this guy right here, Hugh Douglas. And I can't thank Appreciate you enough. You, and, and, and keep your phone handy because you will be back on Gun on One. I promise I'll you def- that. Definitely, definitely. All right, that's going to wrap up this uh, first show of the new season for Gun on One. For Brandon Graham, Hugh Douglas, I'm Derek Gunn. Stay blessed, everybody. But as I tell you each and every week, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, so long, everybody. Peace. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.